Episode 88, Hey Love Podcast. A lot of people try to send you back into the church to serve in a church somewhere. My whole thing is getting church out of church, out in the market. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging you, the reflective woman, in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces through the grid of God's grace. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey, love. This is the first episode we've done in a while. It's so good to be back in my linen closet again. I'm your host, Carthy Masters. Welcome. We're closing out our sixth season today. It's the last in a series of parenting episodes, which wasn't really planned. It was. It just kind of turned out that way. Parenting or uh, really kids are like kryptonite to a woman's soul, don't you think? Nothing makes us weak in the knees more than our children. If, you, if you're anything like me and Blair, we go off on these little getaways now and then. I got to go watch and play a couple of weeks ago at a show. It was so much fun. But if you're like us, you end up talking about your kids. Do you do that too? It's so funny. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the end of the school year stuff seems to get busier every year. It's like it's busier than Christmas even, especially when you have a graduating senior. My daughter just had the pleasure of swinging her tassel on her cap, and I couldn't be more proud. So now I'm joining the ranks of those with two kids in college at the same time. We'll basically be on a peanut butter sandwich diet for a while. At the time I'm recording this, I'm still sort of hungover from a Memorial Day feast at a friend's house. Hungover in the best way. I mean, I didn't have a drop to drink in the way of alcohol because I'm such a wimp. One little glass of wine just puts me right out. And I didn't want to sleep through lunch because it looked incredible. So I just stuck to my ice water. The whole afternoon was fabulous. This this family, there there were four generations present in this house. Some were from China, um, and one of the elders was from Lebanon. The food, of course, was off the charts. They had these Chinese dishes that I'd never heard of or seen before. There was this roasted savory chicken with this yummy soy glaze that just melted in your mouth. And of course, desserts galore. My favorite thing was seeing the generational diversity in that room. I loved watching the youngest interacting with their grands and their great-grandmother even. It was a dream for me. I think it was a way that God intended for us to live. So thanks, Mark and Lauren, for inviting us and treating us like part of the family. It was really a glimpse of heaven. Speaking of multi-generational influence, my guest today has been a father figure to many in our community for decades. He truly is a salt-of-the-earth type person, and he's doing much to teach the next generation how to be salt-of-the-earth type people, too. I got to tell you, love, when I first launched this podcast almost four years ago, I thought I will never ask anyone on the show if they were considered to be a high-profile person, you know, like today's guest, especially if I met that person through my husband. But now I'm not so proud. I figure we're all on the same team, you know, and celebrities are real people, too, with real stories. And I make it a point to only ask people we're already in relationship with in some capacity, people that I feel you know, really would have something to offer you, my listener, something that you'd benefit from. Also, I mean, they always have a right to say no, but the older you get, the less you care about what people think, really. 
I find myself taking risks like this more and more lately. It makes life a real adventure. Do you find that when you take one step in the direction of your fear, it's easier to take the next step and the next step? And that your fears turn out to be smaller than you ever thought? They kind of take their proper size. It's so cool how that works. When you're really passionate about something, as I am about spreading my message of interdependence over independence and the importance of community, the pain of not doing something outweighs the pain of doing it. Another area that's been coming true for me is in my new career as a coach. I'm truly having the time of my life, and I wish you the same joy and sense of fulfillment that I've been experiencing since I dove into the coaching world. This fall, we're going to air some samples of my very first coaching sessions. <laughs> I recorded them with my client's permission, of course, and just I just wanted you to get a, I just wanted you to get a chance to hear all the things that I was doing wrong. <laughs> Now that I'm a big-time experienced coach with a whole five months under my belt, I've learned so much, and I do things so differently than when I first started out as a newbie podcaster. So you'll be able to see the change as it's happening in real time, pretty much. On the podcast, you know, I go from interrupting my guests to sometimes sounding like the expert. Well, in coaching, that is a big no-no. It's not about what I know as the coach. It's, it's all about the client. I had been told all my life that I'm a good listener, but I've gotten to take part in this peer coaching thing through the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, and they have us reading these articles and all these books on the kind of listening that's done in coaching. And now, now I can look back and realize how utterly clueless I've been all my life about listening, really. Well, that's enough about me. Let's talk about today. Ricky Skaggs is with us. Well, at least his voice is with us today. His interview is one I taped a while back, and I've kind of held it back in the vault because it's really special, and I wanted to give it the honor it deserves. We've done so much traveling lately, and I didn't want to just throw it together in a hotel room somewhere. But you're going to hear some of the little mistakes that I'm talking about. It's not, I, w- I wasn't like rude or anything. It's not like that. You you might not even notice it actually, but I sure do. All the things I did wrong. One thing I do know is that I sound completely Tennessee girl in this interview. On some episodes, you'll hear my New Yorker come out. But today, oh my goodness, the Southern part of me comes shining through in full color. It took Ricky forever to get out here to our house in the country for his interview because I think he was in the car for like a total of three hours to get here because the poor guy still had our old address in his contacts. He laughs about that in the interview, and and he tells us about another time that he was late to his own session. (laughs) That's in the outtakes. Um, Actually, the one in the outtakes is more a case of being in the wrong place at the wrongest time. To hear him tell it, it's one of those stories where you just cringe through the whole thing. His engineer person calls him, and it's like, hey, Ricky, where are you? You on your way? And to hear Ricky tell it, you could just hear it in his voice. He had absolutely no idea he was supposed to be at the studio that day. All these people were waiting on him. Oh, your heart goes out to him. It's just hilarious. We all know what that feels like, don't we? To be in the wrong place at the wrong time or miss an appointment. Oh worst feeling. 
One thing that really struck me as I was speaking with Ricky is our need for generational diversity, like we had at that memorial gathering I was telling you about. We have much to enjoy and learn from members of each age group. I hope that you have some generational diversity in your world. Ricky has had the honor of speaking several times at a top university here in town, which is famous for sending out world-class musicians with a harp in one hand and a sword in the other. Ricky's been telling the truth to these students and faculty and staff at Belmont University for years and years, and they keep asking him back. They honored him recently there with a prestigious award. And what he said in his acceptance speech, I think you're going to agree, every word of his message applies to you and me. Here's Ricky Skaggs. The students pick according to the kind of guidance counselor guy. I, I talk to them. Good. And I tell them the truth. Good. You know. See, they want to hear that. They do. And they're hungry to hear it. I remember when they gave me the President's Award down there. I remember telling them, and it, I mean, I really felt like it was from the Lord. Belmont, if you want to be the university that God calls you to be, mm. you must get back to the original calling of this university. And that's to raise up, train up, send out these men and women with the gifts they have, with the sword in one hand and the harp in the other. How David fought, you know. That is beautiful. And they, they ate it up. They ate it up. Only takes a little arsenic to poison a whole city's water supply. If you start drinking that water, you'll surely die. Mm. Jesus told the Samaritan woman, if you drink this water, mm. you'll never thirst again and you won't die. So well, I we can start any time. Well, we're already rolling. <laughs> I'm, yeah, but I want to say. Tell me a time, Ricky, when you oh. you drank the water. I was raised in church. Mm-hmm. I started going to church with my mom and dad. I've got I was like two years old, and uh, then when I got a little bit older and started singing, mom and dad would let me go sing in church with them. I'd harmonize with my mom and dad that early. Just naturally. Yep, I wow. heard mom singing with dad, and it just clicked. When oh. she would sing, then I would I would mimic what she sang with my dad. I could hear so cool. could hear the harmony part, the third, and then Dad bought me a mandolin when I was five. So was in church so much during that time, and um, I got up in my teenage years. It, there was a time when I wasn't going to church that much in my teenage years, and you know when I was uh, I don't know twelve, thirteen years old, I went to this revival, hmm. and me and mom and dad sang in it. You know in Blaine, Kentucky, uh-huh. and um, it was an old Free Will Baptist revival <laughs> and where the preachers just preached loud because they thought God was hard of hearing, I guess, you know, <laughs> like they wanted to make sure God could hear them. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so nobody was in a hurry to get out, you know, no Cracker Barrels back then, you know, so when they would give the, when they give the invitation uh, every night, I just remember, I saw, I saw my dad go down and rededicate his life. Mm. Uh, there was something that the preacher preached on one night that just really moved my dad's heart. Mm. And I saw his example of brokenness mm. and humility and um, ownership. You know, yeah. my dad was good as gold in my wow. eyes. and uh, But he felt like he just needed to just make a rededication of his 
of his mm-hmm. walk and his commitment to Christ. And so I thought about that. The next couple of nights was still, I was, I was like white knuckling, you know, <laughs> on the back of this old wooden pew, you know. I you were resisting. Of, yeah, I was resisting, you know. <laughs> and, and one night, I just remember my left leg just walking out. Really? Of the pew, just stepping out of the pew. And my right one just followed, you know, and and I oh. I went down and um, prayed at, at the altar, and uh, I remember just bawling and oh. just booing so deep, you know. Mm. I mean, it was it was really, you know, it was you were it 13. was major, yeah, yeah. So you were definitely old enough to understand. Yeah, and... I knew, boy, major conviction, you mm. know. I just. I just committed my life to Christ. I said, Lord, come into my heart, save me. I said, I'm sorry for my sin. And mm. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do, you know. And uh, so someone asked me um, a day or two later, you know, well, how do you feel? You oh, know? dear. And I said, well, gosh, you know, I mean, it's just it's kind of a, kind of a new feeling. You know, I, I don't really know how I feel. can't really explain it, you know. And uh, they said, well... You must not have got saved if you don't know no. how you feel. No. And it was just just enough of doubt. I've come to I've come to realize that that the truth of God's word and the lie of the devil mm. is equal in its power. Hmm. And I say this with all, with all reference toward the God's word. Mm-hmm. But what I mean to make to make the connection here, the devil is always looking for someone to agree with him. Wow! See, there's yes. power in agreement. Yes. Such power in agreement. And uh, but when you agree with the Lord and His word, mm. there's power in that. So the Lord is wow. always looking for for us to agree with His Word. Right on. See, His Word is forever yes. set in heaven. Yes. If He broke one, one word, the whole universe would explode. Mm. <laughs> but His Word holds the universe mm-hmm. in total, total perfection of yes. what He made and created. And, so, his, and Satan's Word is destructive. Right. And if you agree with His lie, then... And the more you agree with... With that, you get more familiar with His voice. But um, the Lord will speak to anybody that has faith to believe that they can hear God. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people, a lot of people will say, "Well, I wish you'd say something to me." Mm-hmm. Well, where's your Bible? <laughs> He's speaking volumes right here in His Word. Get in His Word and listen to those words. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just show me something. We you don't know? need palm readers. No. We don't need crystal balls. No, no. We don't we need, need charts. Bible readers. We <laughs> Ricky encourages us to be praying for our kids and talks about angels and spiritual warfare and how we're all born sinners, even our seemingly innocent children. Only the Spirit of God can turn a human into the salt of the earth, you know. Ricky's also going to tell us how he grew up singing and how he wants to finish well. And he paints this picture of the Son sitting at the right hand of the Father, speaking well of us, of you and me. It's just the sweetest thing. Here's more. 
We pray over our children. Yes, you know, when you have kids. It is. So I want to loop back around, Ricky, to something you said about when you were 13 and you went forward. What would you say to the mom? A lot of the listeners of my podcast um, have young children. Mm -hmm. And there's this new teaching around that. I'm sure, it's not new, but some young moms are tempted to believe that their children are innocent. They're not sinners. Mm. So how could a 13-year-old, especially a 5-year-old, a 2-year-old, how could my baby, you're telling me he's got sin and his heart is already dark or evil? How is that possible? We're born into sin because of Adam. I agree. That's the old nature. Mm -hmm. It's the sin nature. Christ was the, the last Adam. He redeemed that. Mm -hmm. He redeemed all that was lost. And what was lost was the relationship with the Father. Mm. Now, just because He paid for every sin that will ever be committed, He already paid for it. He doesn't have to go back on the cross again. See, He took care of sin from zero to infinity. infinity. See, wow. He paid for, paid for all sin. Mm -hmm. But we have to appropriate His grace for us, mm. we have to receive his life, receive his payment. Mm -hmm. See, that's our part. That's our part. Um, there's something. I mean, my mom and dad, or especially my mom, she would talk about the age of accountability. Hmm. I think that there is a time in your life, and maybe it's getting younger and younger hmm. because kids are being so bombasted with internet stuff and, you yeah. know, other kids just, you know, division here, division there, hate, bitterness, yeah. poison, I mean, all this stuff. Yes. Um, but there's an age where I think you get to a point where you're really responsible if you willfully sin, even though in your heart of hearts you know this is wrong, mm -hmm. like lying or stealing or whatever, many, many sins that miss the mark, mm -hmm. you know. So the Bible says plainly, you know, if you break one, you've broke them all. Because if you break one sin, that's still sin. And you would be, if that's the only sin you ever committed in your whole life, that's which, enough. That, which is, you know, no way you're going to go through all your life. And, you know, right. but what I'm saying is for that mom that thinks their, their kid is not, uh, you know, is, is sinless, uh, if they, have they ever stolen? Have they ever thought about stealing? Yeah, <laughs> have they ever that's thought right. about lying? Ha, uh, have, have they um, dishonored father and mother? Mm. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the only commandment that has a blessing attached to it. Of all the commandments, there's only then one. Then you will have a long life. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll prosper you in the land. Mm. You know, and... Um, your days will go well with you. And, and, the, and it, it doesn't say good mothers and fathers because you may have a bad dad. Yeah. You may have a mother that's, that's you know, that you don't like so much. <laughs> but here's the deal. You honor her anyway. And you honor your father, mm. you know, because you've got to be clean between you and the Lord. Mm -hmm. That dad and that mom has got to be clean too. And that's and between them. That's the between Lord. them. Yeah. So that's good. always realize, you know, 
David, King, think about King David. He was a big sinner, mm-hmm. but he was a quick repenter. Yes. That's the deal. When you sin, be quick to own it. Be quick to say, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I messed up. Mm-hmm. Because if you let it fester, it's an open door for the enemy to come in mm-hmm. and just clean house. And would you say that would be your advice? Because one of our questions is, what would you tell the 20-year-old version of Ricky mm-hmm. about relationships? Yeah. So would you say that would be it? Yeah. To be a quick repenter? Be quick yeah. to repent. And two, I mean, I tell, you know, when we, when we do convocation at, say, Belmont or, you know, when I'm, when I'm with a group of young, young students and they, they ask me advice about the business, especially the marketplace, a lot of the Christian universities, you know, if they have a music program, they want to try to send you back into the church to serve in a church somewhere. My whole thing is getting church out of church. <laughs> and you know, out into the market. Out in the market. That's, that's my heart, that's you know. And uh, it's not that I don't like church. Right. But uh, I don't, uh, that's not where my heart beats. Mm-hmm. My heart beats in the streets. And my heart beats, you know, on stage mm-hmm. to take Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the spirit, his spirit, out to where people can touch it, taste it, feel it, smell it, mm. enjoy it, hear it, you know. Um, you were playing in the bars for a while, right? Yeah, still am. You still do? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus told me, and the Lord said one time, He said, You know, I really, there's something I really love about the world. Mm. I said, What is that, Lord? He said, I love the fact that they know they're lost and they know they need me. He said, I wish my church knew the same thing. Whoa. There's Whoa, so much convicting. more of me that they could have if they wanted me. So that's, I don't think of things like that. I feel like that's totally that was out of spirit. him. That was yeah. yeah. We're filthy rags. Mm-hmm. But the only way you got saved and the only way I got saved was the preaching of the Word. Yeah. It's the Word of God that changed my heart. And it's the Word of God that keeps me. It's the Word of God that teaches me. Yeah. And, and that, that's the difference right there. I tell these kids, look, it's a three-strand cord that's hardly broken. Mm. So when you go out into these clubs or places that you're going to play music, don't go in there by yourself. No, be don't wise. Go, yeah, don't go in there by yourself. Wow. You're not strong good. enough to go by yourself. You weren't meant go in by yourself. What did Jesus do? He sent even the disciples out two two by by two two because one would have accountability. One could cover. One could pray. You know, one could be seeing prophetically. He could see things that was coming while the other one ministered and and protected his brother and covered his brother. So that's the same thing with music. You know, when we go out here on the road, we don't go by ourselves. Mm And I tell these kids to get into the Word mm-hmm. of God. Get into the Word until the Word gets, gets into, into you. you. I love it. Because that is what King David asked the Lord. What would keep a, a young man mm-hmm. safe? What would keep a young man steady? Psalm 119. That's right. And it's, it's His Word. Hide your Word in my heart, Lord, yes. so that I would not sin against Thee. Yes. So that is... It's so simple. I mean, we talk and talk and talk, and it sounds like it's, you know, all these things you've got to do, got to do. 
it's it's a relationship. It is not yes. religion. I can tell you that because mm-hmm. religion is is man's attempt mm-hmm. and man's understanding and man's ways mm-hmm. to live a, a life that he and thinks is is righteous and godly and holy. That's and, right, and, and that's what won me over because yeah. every religion I experimented and dabbled with was religion, man reaching up to God. Yeah. When I read about Jesus, it's God reaching down to me. Amen. And it was such a drastic, like you said, it's a relationship. Yep, it absolutely is. And it is. tasted different to yeah. pray to that God. Yeah. And I started keeping a little journal when I was seven years old, letters mm-hmm. to an unknown God. Yeah. That was the one. <laughs> oh, boy. And then you read it in, in, uh, in Paul's writings. About, yes, you know, about the, you know, yeah. 20, 30 yeah, years later, yeah, I read that yeah, and that's thought, amazing. that's the one. Wow. But, um, you know, what you're saying about preaching the gospel, the truth, and I think about these students at Belmont, they keep asking you back yeah. and honoring you with these awards. They want to hear the yeah. truth. They want to hear as hard as it is and as convicting as it is. I, I tell you, when I was um, first confronted with my sin and my need for a savior, mm-hmm. the need, the insult of the cross, it was so much easier once I go, oh yeah, yeah. I can see it. Mm-hmm. I see my sin, Yeah, easy. Especially after I got married. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. I need help. What, you know, how hard do people have to work to keep up that resistance? They're so, unless you read His Word, I mean, the Spirit can convict you in the natural, I think. I mean, I I just think that God gives a whole lot of grace to try to help, you know, help people not walk into a a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, But, he will let you, he understands free will, mm-hmm. you know. And, and sometimes uh, we need the natural consequences to fall so we can learn. That's right. That's Just true. like with kids. That's right. We need to let them, as parents, it breaks our heart to see that. But, oh, you know, yeah. but the Lord loves us zillion times more than what we could love our own kids. And he you know. disciplines us out of love. That's right. That's exactly right. Ricky, what is your favorite Bible story of all time? I love, uh, me and Sharon recorded a record, uh, uh, an album called Hearts Like Ours. And there's one song that Leslie Satcher wrote called, and we call it the King James Bible song, but, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the title is When I'm Good and Gone. The first line in the song is, I hope they find my King James Bible worn around the edges and open to the book of John. Oh. It's, about, wow. it's about your legacy. When you die... You know, I you know I hope the sun shines the day they let they lay me down, and there's lots of flowers. You know, mm, uh, beautiful that kind of thing. But it's it's about what people will think, what people will say of me. You know, uh, when I well, am I going to leave something that uh, that people uh, are are blessed, are people uh, encouraged by when I when I pass on? You know, you know that's I'm, one of I'm our questions. Yeah, what's your mini eulogy? If I was thinking about that driving here today, I had a lot of time to think. <laughs> but, uh, um, well, I would, most people know me as a musician, entertainer, all that. But people that really know me know that I love Jesus and know that I, I want others to know him too, you know, mm. and um, that I was never ashamed of the gospel. That's, that's what I would hope. Beautiful. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. 
Yes. But if you speak well of me, speak my name before men, I will speak your name before my Father. So every time, and, and maybe I'm hoggish about this, but <laughs> every time that I'm on stage and I say something in public about the Lord, it's like I, know, I, just, I think they sit pretty close together, so it sits on the right hand of the Father. <laughs> so I think they're close enough that he can just like say, Dad, Aww. Ricky Skaggs is talking about me again. Don't you just love him, Lord? <laughs> That's so, so sweet. <laughs> you know, I, so I'm not, uh, I think those things go in our, in our heavenly bank account. Mm. You know, that my prayer is, Lord, let me, all, let me finish mm. all that you've called me to do in this life. Don't let me come home until I have finished everything. Mm. And I'm reading a book called Called to reign, R-E-I-G-N, and I would recommend it to your listeners out there. Yeah, I'll uh, list it. A guy named Leif mm-hmm. Hetland. Okay. Uh, he talks about uh, knowing your identity, you know, being, you know, being sons and daughters. The orphan spirit, which a lot of people have, mm-hmm. uh, and this is no disrespect to anyone that's, that's, you know, that's an, an orphan. orphan. Yeah, yeah. But orphans, they see problems. They don't mm. know how long they're going to be here. Mm. They don't know if they're going to have to go. You mm. know, Sons, adopted sons, which we are, mm-hmm. and daughters, when we become Christians and we're believers, mm-hmm. we're adopted into his family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so sons and daughters see promises. They don't see problems. Mm. We see promises. That's a great outlook yeah. on life. And so, and his promises are in his word. Get in his word. Read his word. Or you can get a Billy Graham book called uh, The Promises of God, oh, <laughs> which is beautiful. perfect. You know. But uh, anyway, there's, there's, you know, there's promises that... Uh, that he will never leave us or forsake us, mm. and just on and on and on. But he also talks about people that are, there's a chair that the Father sits in, and that's where the Lord wants us to sit with him in his lap. The like Father. A, yeah, like a papa, mm. loving on his children. You've got to know your identity. Mm-hmm. Okay. As an adopted son of right. God. We're adopted sons and daughters. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're adopted into His love, into His blessing. We have everything our elder brother had. And that's Jesus, by the way, mm. for all your listeners. He's our elder brother. He called that's us brothers. Great. See? So He's our big brother. And He went to the cross for His family. Well, I love what you were saying about the orphan spirit and the son. Because our daughter, you know, we adopted Davy from India she was almost five years old, and I would say that I had more of an orphan heart than she did, ever. Mm-hmm. She's always known she was loved. Oh, boy. She is, she came into our world like she owned it. Yeah. That's... You know, completely comfortable sitting on, especially Blair's lap. She's crazy about Blair. Mm-hmm. And I've learned mm. how to be a child. Yeah, amen. So it's, it's amazing what God can teach you through your children about faith. Yeah, well, that, that identity. Yeah. See, once you identify yourself with Christ, and you, 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 the identity 
is that I'm beloved. He loves me more than anything in this whole world. He loves me that way. He is, yes. a, he is a papa that loves me. Yes. He's my dad. He's my papa. He's my Abba is papa. Yes. That's, you know, and so when you get, when you get the identity, then you can have the intimacy. Mm. See, that's the second thing in this is intimacy. And when you have intimacy with someone, you really get to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, you really get to know who they are. Mm-hmm. They know who you, I mean, of course, the Lord knows all about us, but he, he loves revealing things about us mm. that he already knows. That's great. So that we can know that and we can also know that he's not mad about it. Mm. He's, he doesn't he dislike delights. us for a moment. Yeah. See, that's not our papa. That's such he a relief. He never dislikes us. He never wants to disown us, see. And I read something one time that in Jewish law, a father could write his son, his blood son, out of his will if he wanted to, but not an adopted son. That's right. When a son is adopted, he's adopted forever. <laughs> Can't Isn't write that him awesome? Out. Oh, it's the best. It's, it's just so, so great. great. It's just so wonderful. And, you know, the identity, then the intimacy. Then you start to realize that you have the inheritance. It's the three eyes. Don't you just love the picture of the son turning to the father and, and talking about us? The thought of Jesus bragging about you to God. What does that do to your heart? I love the way Ricky describes the Lord. There's such a tenderness there, a fondness. I mean, from the Father who welcomes His children. That's why I love being around people like Ricky, because I start seeing God more and more this way, or as Ricky would say, that away. <laughs> how the Father, how our Abba really is. When you do that, when you see God for who He really is, then you see your identity more and more clearly for what it is too, which leads you to intimacy with the Lord and your inheritance, which is what gives us hope. So remember those three I's, identity, intimacy, inheritance. How would you, what would you say as a word of encouragement to, say, a 30-something-year-old woman who's just losing hope in the future Mm. for our country, for her life, for her children. You know, it's hard to have hope. So where do we find hope? My encouragement and my advice would be get yourself as quick as you can to go to a church that preaches the Bible, not preach self-help. Because if we could self-help ourselves into heaven, then Jesus went to the cross for no reason. Nothing. So it's His life that we're living. It's, it's his, his life in us now mm. is living. And He's the only one that can live the Christian life. Mm-hmm. We cannot live it without Him. Mm-hmm. Okay. That will give you hope when you know His promises. Know His promises. Know His Word. Because to know His Word is to know Him. That's, if you want to know Jesus, you're not just going to... It's like you've got to court someone to know them. There's always a courtship. Mm-hmm. There's always wanting to know. Let's talk to each mm-hmm. other. You know? 
And the Bible says, let's reason with each other. Let's mm. talk. Mm -hmm. Let's talk. I want to know you. I want you to know me. It's yeah. that into, into me, see, yeah. intimacy, intimacy. <laughs> see, into me. That's what the Lord is saying. Look into me yeah. and you'll see. Mm. You'll see me. Mm -hmm. And when you see me, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. It's true. As you abide in the vine, you begin to bear fruit that resembles the original source. You truly become salt of the earth. Well, love, I'll be out for summer break and back in the fall. Till then, I'm going to be diving into my coach training, taking more inquiry calls. If you haven't booked your free call yet, do it soon. The inquiry call is free, of course, and I'm offering coaching at a discount while I'm still earning my certification. So get on in here and let's explore together what God has for you. We're just two beggars going to the baker asking for bread. It'd be a blast to see what you discover. Email me if you're interested, haylovepodcast at gmail.com. Here are some book titles that Ricky mentioned, Call to Rain by Leif Heitland. I think I'm saying that right. Promises of God by Billy Graham. And Ricky didn't mention it, but Kentucky Traveler is his book, which he wrote. It's My Life in Music. I just got it in the mail, and I'm so excited to read it. I'll have all these listed in the in the um, notes so you don't have to write them down while you're whitewater rafting. <laughs> don't forget the outtakes. You're going to hear Blair laugh because he just could not contain himself. It's pretty cute. We were both cracking up. Have a happy summer, friend, and I'll catch you back here in September. Till then, bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. Well, I get this phone call <laughs> Sunday about 2.30. Well, we're all here and the track's up, everything ready for you. I said, now, what is this? And he said, Sean Camp. I went, oh. Oh, no. I said, I'm the airport 